0: Hey Alex. Hey hey Nick. I'm hey. terrified.
2: Oh you should be man. You should be. How you doing today? Uh, I'm good. Up to now. I'm good. Up to now because we're talking. <laughs> because you know. I had a nice know.
0: quiet day until I just popped the headphones on and there you are. And no. Uh, what, do you, what do you got for me?
2: Well, here's the thing. I actually, so there's There's many things that we're going talk to talk about today. But we have an amazing guest here today. But this actually, for the cold open portion of this, I actually do want to be serious about something. I wanted to send some love out to all the Disney cast members. Uh yeah, i write that's, about this. Yeah, it's it's not it, you know, so f- for those of you who have been listening to the pod uh for a while, you know that we are huge Disney fans, Disney park fans, and Disney just announced a layoff of about 28,000 of their workers, cast members. And so as as I mean, we we've had so many Disney fans on the pod and uh and we are we talk about it all the time. So I just thought that we actually should like in all seriousness, no jokes, just say we love you we thank you and uh and you know and and please uh keep bringing the joy into your own lives that you've brought into ours so see that's that's it that's all i wanted really nice i know i can be a nice person sometimes Alex. just say something say something mean too Uh, proud boys stand by
0: little justice (laughs) Justice.
2: <laughs> ah welcome 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 to the fucked up racist <laughs> 2020 <laughs> that is little justice uh, the podcast we're like <laughs> now we're back now we're back now we're doing the damn thing. Dude, uh yeah, that that fucking debate we can talk about because good
0: I don't want to talk about it. Good. We literally we ordered we ordered <laughs> about ninety dollars worth of sushi and got wine delivered uh and and just hunkered down. And uh is from Turkey, so she this is kind of her first big uh election. Oh my <laughs> god. It's like, oh my Please god. Please don't please don't judge us by this like this is where th- we will overcome <laughs> we will <I'm> sure. <laughs> we have to
2: we have to and one of the ways that we will is is by having people in the country like our guest today um this 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 person who has decided to join us i want to bring her on because early because she's just she's just the best and she i know she has something to say about this shit uh this woman is just a podcast extraordinaire you you probably have heard her on the Hamelcast. uh you've definitely heard her on true crime obsessed ted and michael read sketches in the microphones she is just an incredible incredible person jillian pensavala come on on to the Yay. show
1: hey hey What's alex up? How you guys doing
2: it we are good it is let me say let me tell you something right now it's very what? strange to hear your voice in the position that you're in but be talking to you. Do you know what I mean? Well, because
1: I'm thrilled to be on your podcast for once, because you've been on the Hamilcast three times. You've That's been true. on 10 Michael Reed sketches into microphones. We don't have guests on true crime obsessed, but you're like, it's nice to be hosted by you for once.
2: By, by, by us. I'm going to try to be like as, as consummate of a host as you are on your podcast. And this is, this is what I, this is what I wanted to bring up. And I'm glad that you said the name is, we also, you know, we cover the basis of, of your podcast because mm. Good lord! So, uh, Alex, I wanted to yes. tell you about this. Please do. So, so I, I'm terrified of true crime. I'm, I'm terrified. Like, I don't like listening to stories about the killings that have actually happened. They scare me. They scare me to death. Uh, so, it took me a second to listen to true crime obsessed. Uh, and Jillian is is a dear friend, and of course, I want to support everything she does. But I was like, if I, you know, just the idea of listening to these pods, uh, you know, about people being killed, it's is not my favorite thing. Uh, but to, but it, it, the the past week I was like when I knew Jillian was coming on I was like I gotta listen to this thing I gotta let me let me listen to this Jillian I need to understand
1: okay oh no the
2: the uh, how do I phrase this the phenomenon that is Patrick I need <laughs> oh, to yeah. understand I need to understand it because I wasn't prepared for you and him like Jillian Alex Jillian on Hamilcast is like chill and like I mean it's like. But this show, Jillian, talk to us about this, because this so here, is...
1: Uh, yeah, so the Hamilcast is, like, is... is the True Crime Obsessed and the Hamilcast are two, like, completely real, but completely opposite versions of myself. So when I'm on the Hamilcast and I'm talking to you or Lynn or or Manny Gonzalez or someone, the, the heightened, like, the enthusiasm... I was telling Alex before we recorded, like... I'm an interrupter. I hate it. It's the ADHD, but it's out of enthusiasm. And also if I don't say it now, it'll be gone forever. And so I just want to say it. And so that's where the excitement comes, you know, the ensemble members and I love this. And this is so exciting. Now true crime obsessed is where we recap true crime documentaries. So that is where, cause I hate true crime too, Nick. And I'm very, I'm very honest with my um, anxiety and the things that trigger me on that podcast and um, like animal stuff and any kind of sexual assault as a survivor of sexual assault, covering those cases is always very hard for me. Um, but you know, and and so we go through, it's heightened, but like, we're not, we, we consider ourselves victim advocates. We don't victim blame at all. And we just drag these fucking pieces of shit for the pieces of shit they are. And we get angry. And the listeners like my anger, I guess, because they feel seen. And Patrick is just a screeching banshee who's here for all of it. And God bless him. That's all I have I, to say.
2: And, and that's all you need to say because it was- <laughs> I mean,
1: he's like, he's at a hundred all the time.
2: Well, and both of you, I mean, it truly was like listening because, because again, I I know you like we, we have talked, we have hung out, we have texted. like we've, you know, we watch movies together. This, we are pals. This side of you was incredible to get to know. (laughs) I was just like, holy shit. It was, it it was just, how do you, how do you end up doing it?
0: Yeah. How do you? Yeah. go. What do you mean? Like like if if you guys hate true crime, if it makes you queasy like like where did the the impetus to start this thing come from?
1: Well, I love true crime, but it does scare like it is you're obsessed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have fun nice. here today. But yeah, it's it's one. It's like I I'm I am so mad about these things, or I want justice solved, or or, or justice done, or I want to find the person, I want to get the guy. Yeah. Um. So there's that sort of. We're not alone talking about it, and 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 podcasting and listening to podcasts can be very lonely because it just or making a podcast, especially as you know, li- like literally listening to the voices in your head, and it's a very solitary thing. And so especially true crime, it's hard to find people who want to talk to you for an hour about that documentary you just watched so for patrick and i like we are always gonna it started because patrick had a broadway backstory and theater people he was like the the premier uh broadway podcaster i started the hamilcast back in 2016 he reached out to me and said you know hey i'm sorry nick i have to do it the world is wide enough like let's be friends like you're in theater podcasting Uh i'm in theater podcasting and he was very like let's be pals and so we became pals through that sense and then we started going out for cocktails like so, like the the amount of times we would text each other and say you're not like in midtown right now right it's like one <laughs> thirty on a monday and we would just like meet at a bar and then the broadway talk started like very quickly into true crime talk and then one thing led to another and and bada bing bada boom as they say in the mob uh and as a pennsylvania i'm allowed to say that where here we are
2: no and it's it truly and i think that's one of the things that i think is so special about that pod uh is that you really do take this subject which is grim and is uh and is just ter- terrifying and terrible um and you make it empowering and you make it and you make it not I mean fun is not the right word but you definitely you pull us along in a way that that it's like okay like let's let's fucking get these guys let's you know what I mean like it was
1: yeah yeah and, th- yeah. and thank you for that because the thing I mean it's a true crime comedy podcast and immediately you see the look on the look of disgust a true crime comedy podcast and it's like no we we're never we don't victim blame we're never making fun of the families but like the shitty lawyer whose suit doesn't fit and he's an asshole yeah the cops who are racist yeah like the rapists the animal abusers the kidnappers like We're going to drag them. And that's what people want to hear. Like, of course, they also want to hear like, and on February 7th, like some, you know, they want the, the, the dateline, the nightline stories, they want that, but. It's a little bit of therapy to hear hear people say what the listeners say, like th- they're thinking just the rage and anger. And and we have to find stuff to laugh at or we're going to cry. It's 2020. If you don't get that now, then I can't help you. But if we don't kind of approach this with a little bit of levity, it's just it's too grim. It's too no. the whole thing is too bad, you know.
2: You're abs- and, and, and that's that's a great uh, that's a great segue into the next question. How how has your 2020 been going <laughs>
1: Oh, Oh, terrible. Thanks for asking. How are you? Oh, listen. (laughs) We're fucking
2: right here, bruh. It is so real. It is so real on these streets, y'all. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's been... uh... It's been tough. I'm I'm super lucky that I, my career is something, you know, it's podcasting. I can, we can do it remotely. Patrick and I had to, because True Crime Obsessed is my job and it's our business and I'm thrilled and super grateful to be able to do it. But also it's like, well, you know, everyone else is at home. Let's churn out more content for them. Let's just, let's just make, you know, do what we can for these, these listeners who are so wonderful to us, but like emotionally and mentally, oh, it's been a nightmare.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, 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 but I, but I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Right. Like this idea that you have this place to go. And that's actually something I want to ask you about as well is just like what it is like to literally pay your bills off podcasting. I mean, that, that is a, that is a feat. And that is a feat that, you know, in the, in the kind of the ocean of podcasts that so few people have been able to say that they do. So like, not only are you doing this for your livelihood, but it it is also, I, I, I imagine something that really focuses you and just keeps you in the pocket when everything is blowing up around you. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um it's wild and and it's it's so interesting because like I said before, you know, like the Hamill cast is exactly who I am. True crime obsessed is exactly who I am. That rage is real. Me being shocked by these things. Like that's all it's not a bit. Like I like I'm the worst actress in the world and like I'm I'm like, too transparent for that shit like I I can't put on an act and do it consistently like that for how you know however many hours a week um and you know so the true crime obsesses my job and the hamilcast is a passion project like I knew from the beginning I would never have ads on the hamilcast it's not that's not what it's about and uh Ted Michael reads sketches into microphones like now that I have the ability to say yeah like Let's take on another passion project. And that's, you know, Mike's, that's Mike's baby. So you guys can talk to him about that. But it's exciting to be the executive producer of that, like in my spare time, make the Hamilcast and then be, you know, my job. And we joke about it on True Crime Obsessed all the time. It's a weird job. Like some of the words, some of the sentences we have to say are horrible things. I mean, the, the words that we are forced to say to describe these horrible things, like it's it's a weird job. But I remember like growing up, I had an interesting academic career because I was diagnosed so late in life with ADHD. I was diagnosed at 18, which is kind of really not a thing. So I struggled a lot in school. And then when I realized what it was, I became excellent at it and I, I ended up loving it. And then I felt kind of cheated all those years. Like, man, I could have been loving this this whole time. And I was so frustrated and couldn't articulate what, my, what was happening. And growing up, like, you know, I came from from. from on-camera hosting, being like a VJ and doing all that stuff. And so there was never a thing to define what I wanted to do. Like podcasting was, when I started the Hamilcast, I never did it for the money. I never, you know, I knew that wasn't the thing, but it led me down this road. It led me to Patrick and it led me to True Crime Obsessed. And now it's my job. And looking back at all those frustrating conversations where I couldn't. So like, I just want to talk about things I love and be myself. And that wasn't a thing, you know, th- back then. And and it was also just like, oh, yeah, but you have to have like a goal goal. And I'm like, well, yeah, I just want to be myself. Like, Ugh. it was very frustrating for a very long time. And now to kind of sit here and be able to do this. But at the same time, like I, people ask that question a lot. And there is no like magic trick. There's no switch. It's, it's incredibly hard work. I'm working all like to a fault. Like to, to, Mike is just like, you need to take a break. And I'm like, no, I don't. No, I I can't. No, absolutely not. I have like all these deadlines, and I love having the deadlines. But there is no magic trick. It's find the thing you love, work your ass off at it, and and be nice. And that's kind of it. That's the gig.
2: But and Alex, jump in here because I I want I know this is something we've talked about often cuz like it is yes it is the hard work but but Jillian you also have an I mean I'm just being real you yeah. have a very natural personality for this thing and and I think that that you know yes yes it is absolutely the endurance to stay in it and to just keep pushing and to and to be yourself but like there is something about you and the way that you cover topics whether it's Broadway or true crime or sketch comedy that has brought <laughs> a lot of audience members to you and so what is what is the thing that you would say beyond just the the you know pedal to the pavement at all times that you think listeners are responding to about about your work?
1: You're making me feel very shy. I'm blushing and I'm looking down as if I as if you like I'm trying to hide. That's very oh, very kind of you, Nick. Thank you. Oh please. Um, you know I think it's truly like I think it's I just I really love it. I can't. It's what I I wake up excited to do every day, even when it's hard and frustrating. And I think. It's the love of the thing, whether that thing is Hamilton or that thing is talking to people. I am I have, like, a ton of questions for everyone all the time. Um, I want to listen to be. Pe- I want to hear what people have to say. I want to hear everyone's stories. I'm so curious about how everyone got to this moment that led them in front of me. Um, or I want to fucking get the guy in True Crime Obsessed. So, like, I, I just I guess there's there's a there's that. I think that comes through. Cause I just, I love, I love doing it. And I think um, you can't really fake that. And without being like a dick about it or being too like patting myself on the back, I think it's just like, find the thing that you really love to do because that, that can't be taught and no one can replicate that. But and, you know, like there are, there are 800 zillion podcasts and make them all. I talk about Hamilton for an hour a week or Freestyle Love Supreme or or the Heights or whatever. I talk about that that area of the world one hour every week. That's what I give you one hour a week. There are plenty of hours in the day. And then I give you an hour of true crime and, and like 15 minutes of sketch comedy. But that's not a lot of time in the day. Like the world is wide enough. Make your goddamn podcast, make your thing, make your movie, be a doctor, be, I don't know, be a barista. But if you love it, like I'm going to go to the barista who's the nicest and like who really loves their job that's who I'm going to like, make sure I get in their line every week or whatever it is. So
0: you, you found yourself in the world of podcast. Now, obviously you, you've hooked onto it as something you're really good at and passionate about, but you started, you got into it because you were a Hamilton fan, right? So like, yeah, the passion was completely different where you like podcasting was a way for you to engage with Hamilton.
1: Yeah. Well, um, so cause I hadn't, when I started the Hamilton cast, I hadn't, ADHD makes it very hard to listen to podcasts because it's not visual. So it takes me double or triple the time as, as I think most people, cause I'm constantly rewinding or I'm like, wait, what it's like for me with ADHD, if, if anyone can relate to this, it's like when you read a book and suddenly it's like three pages and you don't know what those three pages just said, mm-hmm. like you didn't retain it. That's what it's like for me listening to podcasts because they're not visual. It's a little tough for me. Um, So I, I, I started the Hamilcast with no, podcasting experience i didn't listen to podcasts i didn't have any equipment and i also hadn't seen hamilton well you
0: hadn't you hadn't seen it but you started a podcast about it
1: yeah i had just listened to it because the, the Wait, what's al- that story <laughs> the album came out in october of 2015 i'm sorry if people are listening i've told this story a hundred times so i'm sorry for All everyone right, listening you, can, you do briefly no I no 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 alex that wasn't about you that was about me like just <laughs> saying the same shit over and over again but yeah so i heard it in 2015 and i fell in love with it and i was like this is awesome and there was something I can't explain it. I can't define it. It was a feeling, a drive, a fire that I'd never felt before. I was like, I want to make a podcast about this. The idea that those words even came into my brain is weird because podcasting was not really on my radar. It was just like, I want to talk about this thing all the time. I try to talk about this thing all the time. And I see people getting bored with me and their eyes glazing over and nobody really cares, but I know that people care. This is just, and I also didn't like, Think about it too much. It was like, here's what I want to do. I don't know what the goal is. I just want to make this thing about the thing. And I have to make this thing about the thing. Like, there was no question. There was no, should I? There was no, can I? Like, I was just like, I'm going to jump in to the deepest end of the pool and I'm going to tread water and figure this thing out. And that's what I did. And now, four and a half years later, 230 something episodes later, the entire cabinet, Nick on three times. I mean, like it's, it's grown into something I'm insanely proud of. And it started with me having zero knowledge, but being so eager to learn. Like all I do is Google and learn things and like research things and watch YouTube videos about how to do shit that I don't know how to do. Like maybe it's because I grew up as an only child. I, I've been pretty independent. Like, okay, well it exists. Like people have done this, right? So if I Google it or YouTube it, there's some like 14 year old kid in London who can probably tell me how to do it. Like, especially the tech stuff. It's all like the young kids, but yeah. So that's how I, I just like taught myself how to do it.
2: Cool. But, but like I mean, what's, what's incredible to me about this is like, yes, you, you taught yourself how to do it, but like, you have to understand uh, Alex, when I came into the show, I heard about it as like an established thing. Like there was no idea. Like I had, and, and even going on it, like, you know, they, they had this, I mean, they still do have this amazing website up. Like it's, it it does there's nothing about this that feels like this is this person's first podcast.
1: This <laughs> well, <thank> this <laughs> this
2: felt like like you showed up and you're like and she like they're making cocktails for you and like you have a whole conversation <laughs> and it's like god damn like what the like did did Lynn like just like pay someone to like make this and then you find out that like no this is literally this person's like gumption and just love of the show and you're like oh <laughs> shit like that's pretty incredible. Um and this and this also brings me to the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about because I think that. You know, Hamilton fans are incredible fans, and uh, and I say the word "incredible" a lot. I got I got to find other words, but I "incredible." Is, so I do. I know, but It's a great word. Incredible buddies. Here we are. Incre- yeah. Incredible yeah. um, buddies. Incredible buddies. Incredible buddies. That's Incredibuddies. that's us.
1: That's it. That's the hashtag. We did it.
2: We did it. It's done. It's a wrap. But uh, no, the the thing that I will say, I think Hamilton fans are wonderful, but the Hamill cast fans, and I've I've brought this up often um the Hamil cast fans uh you know and especially the the sect of the Hamil cast fans called the patreon peeps
1: they all say um, hi by the way they saw that you tweeted and i, I posted aww. about it in the group and they're they're all very excited they say hello
2: i say hello right back to them they are uh no it's true i mean truly like it's to the point i mean like they they really are just such a loyal like male i love like,
0: i love the number of mi- like micro communities that exist because oh my of technology. god technology it
2: really it's is kind of all Insane. these different
0: platforms, like these groups of people from 10 people to 100 people to a thousand people, like all these it's little true. micro communities where people talk to each other about the thing that they love. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to hear about that. Yeah. No,
2: it, it really it really is. And I think that that's the thing that, you know, especially in this year when we're all so separated, I, I, you know, I, I, I can't imagine, but I would I would think that having those communities right now is huge because this is what you were doing anyway. Do you know what I mean? You were, you were meeting up virtually over things that, you know, because the peeps live in, in various different places, you know. um, oh, most All of these over the world. Are they're, yeah. they're all over the world. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's exactly right, Alex. Like, that's, I think, I think for those of us who, and this is kind of, this is kind of, you know, why in my mind 2020 is absolutely in so many ways the year of the, I'm going to say this with like, as somebody who counts himself as this, the year of the nerd. Because like, we truly, you know, if you're saying that we can't leave our houses, you know the way in which we're connecting is the way we've been connecting since the beginning. <laughs> it's like literally since the beginning, since since the internet was a thing. This is what we've been doing, and uh yeah. But I definitely, talk, I mean, talk about the peeps. Talk about how that that specific sect came up because those yeah, those peeps, man, they are they're the real deal. They're the real. They're,
1: deal. No, they are the real deal. Um Yeah. So I, I started. A Patreon for the Hamelcast, pretty. I guess I don't know exactly what. Pretty early on, I guess the podcast has been for over four and a half years. I guess the Patreon is maybe about probably three and a half years. And so, you know, I, I when I say they, they, so they contribute five bucks a month and they get access to this amazing Facebook group. I know Facebook sucks, but like it's it's so it, this this community is so entrenched and amazing. But it's the kindest corner of the internet, and I mean that sincerely. And I'll I'll dive into why that is because it's just it's so much more than your love of Hamilton, which is so important to note, I think, because these people from all over the world, they are all different ages. They are all different backgrounds. They come together. They have raised money for people. They have meetups together. Like there are, there are people who are are formed true. I mean, true, like, like family bonds and they meet up independent of me. And just, they're so wonderful. If someone needs help, you know, I, I, I mean, from from from, like, I'm stuttering about it because I'm so overwhelmed by these people who are just, they are truly like the the greatest people. And so the five bucks gets them like not only access to this community, but they know who's coming on the pod before I post the selfie so they can submit questions. And so the questions that they submit like, they care so much, and I love it. So, like, they'll look up, even if it's if it's an ensemble member in a company they've never seen, they follow everyone involved in Hamilton on every social media account. So they'll say, I really love that that live, that Insta story. That's now gone, remember, 24 hours after. I really love yep. that Insta story where you were talking about your dog or you were talking about your mental health or you were talking about your family. Hey, how's your sister? from that thing you posted that one time that was 30 seconds. Like, they care about the people on the show, and they care about each other, and um, there are hundreds of them, and it's really... I think about the peeps, and I get, like... I get really speechless about it because it's just this kind world. And, you know, someone joins the group and I say in, you know, the pin post, please feel free to introduce yourself if that's what you're comfortable with. I promise you, you'll get like the warmest welcome in the world. And within minutes, hundreds of like gifts, like welcome, like Steve Colbert, like welcome to the nerd zone, my friend or Lynn. I have no chill whatsoever. Like it's just like it's a party every time someone walks in the door. It's amazing. It's really, really wonderful. And I've heard, I love hearing stories from cast members at the stage door. Like now, like Ian Weinberger who's a musician, like he gets stage doored. Annalie Craig, who does sound like she will get uh, like fanfare at the stage door, which people who are in the pit or behind the scenes or Holly Campbell, who works in the office, they're not used to that. And a goal on the Hamilcast is just like, all right, so I have your ear about the Hamilton stuff, but here's a cool thing to learn. Like it takes a fucking village to make any show go on. Every show on Broadway has a company manager. Every show has a Holly. Holly's awesome, right? Like it takes a Holly to make Beetlejuice happen. And make all all Ain't Too Proud happen. Like there is an Annalie Craig at Ain't Too Proud. And that's awesome. And so it's sort of, you know, I even said like Jared Dixon was on, who's amazing. And it's like, okay, so I, I have your ear about Hamilton and Burr and Jared's amazing. But now we're going to learn about Tupac for a little bit. And the fact that these listeners are so willing to go on this journey with me and no one ever says like, you really talk too much about non-Hamilton stuff. They're just like thrilled to learn about these people. They're all me. Just excited to learn about shit all the time. You
2: no, know, you really do have like an army of you, and, and it's really awesome. Like I mean that in the in the in the highest in the highest respect. It is it is really cool. I Also, the Jared Dixon episode, uh, Alex. If you want to hear somebody being un- unreasonably nice to me, uh, you should listen to part we two. We hated on- doing it, but
1: I don't, it's just yeah. The truth. I don't want to. I don't want to listen
2: to that. Yeah, it that really painful. It really yeah. is uh, disturbing. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I, t- I, t- I, t- I texted him after listening. I was like you fuck guy yeah. get well, out of if, if it made yeah. you
1: uncomfortable we did our job
2: you did you did in fact do your job <laughs> but but now but now you're here on our thing you're doing yeah. this thing and it's and it feels very full circle because i actually think that this is right this is maybe like you know i think the fourth or third anniversary of i think when we first met maybe because i didn't we meet in the fall of that year
1: that sounds about right because I remember the cocktail was uh, bourbon. It felt it felt very folly bourbon. the cocktail, yeah.
2: And because we and because we had met at Laoye's party,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Uh, and and yep. that and thinking back to I, I was I, I was I was actually just having uh, having lunch with that dear boy and just thinking back to all those memories, yeah. You know, in that in that little in that little you know where we are now and where where we have been, but now you're here on this dumb thing.
1: I'm so excited! Thank you for having me and letting me ramble for half an hour. This has been wonderful, and we didn't even really get started. This is so exciting!
2: Oh no, this is this is what we do. We I <laughs> love really do. it. This is how this is how it starts. I know. Yeah. I
1: love it. <laughs> can we,
2: can we just just let you just let you know. And what we'll do, what we'll do, you know, since it, since it's been a good half hour, I mean, this is this is this is as good a time as any for a little a little commercial break where we have to you know pay our bills with with words and nonsense. So hey, we'll take a quick t- take a quick break here, and then when we come back. We will tell you our movie theme and we will break down these movies and Alex will say something horrible to me and and it'll be what we usually do, you know? So, so stay tuned and we'll be right back.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Oh,
2: getting good at that.
1: I love the live throw to an ad. That's fin- that's right? phenomenal. Mid roll. That's really, baby. really great. Mid
2: roll. All right. And we are back as not to lose any momentum because I want to talk about, you know, too much of the ads. Ads are ads and they'll add forever. Ads. Who knows what that was even an ad for? Yeah, I guess what, we'll find out. Was pro- I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing was probably something to do with we, like we support that. Yeah, we, we are completely 100 <laughs> percent behind that ad that
0: was yeah. just given and if, to us. If you don't buy what we're selling, that would be that would be a true
2: that would be a true crime oh yeah. i'll kill you <laughs> jillian he does this thing he does this thing that's so annoying where he just like he finds a way to like sneak it in and it, and I know. it really it's, hurts the, it's, it's, it's called a transition and it's what professionals do okay <laughs> Seriously. god damn you god damn you yeah yeah but no so today's theme is of course in honor of jillian the true crime movie which is a uh, crime movie? Very exciting because we, you know, we done we done a crime movie, and we done. I'm excited
0: because this this is our first in conceptualizing the show. We realize you're going to run out of basic genres very quickly, <laughs> very and very quickly. We always talked about okay, well, we can do a genre and then come back and do a more specific version of that. And so we have done a crime episode. So it's nice to see that this system <laughs> the system works.
2: The system works. We've even done a heist episode. Do you know? What and mean? We did a heist episode. So that's like, true. We're, yeah, we're we're, we're digging all about through. it. Oh yeah, in like what eighteen episodes, buddy? This is not going to last long. <laughs> we're like we're yeah. really burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, I'll no. talk to
1: you in four and a half years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <You're still laughs> oh, My God.
2: This. The so, true heist movie. The true heist movie. Um, no, this is this is true crime, and we definitely wanted to do this in honor of of Jillian and uh, and and yeah, of course, no, uh, and also you know I think I think that this is such an interesting genre because within this genre, and I don't know if you guys found this, there are just so many types of movie within the true crime movie. Like when I first started thinking about this, I was like, yeah, you know, th- there's really there's the ones that just came to my head automatically, and I was like. Oh, but wait! But that's actually based on a real story, and that's a real story. And then I just yeah. I got this whole swath. Yeah, Alex, what do you? What we- well, I, yeah, I I found the same thing um, because there's there's a lot of stuff out
0: there that is uh, it's derived from a true crime story, right? It's it's based on loosely, and then there's movies that are trying to tell exactly what happened in its A B C order. Um, and at the heart of it all, uh, what I love about it is that because it happened all of these stories are really trying to dig out who are these people that can commit these acts and why like what are the events that lead to these things happening and it's su- it's
2: such a ripe ground for character study did you did either of you find that when you were watching you're, when you're watching a movie when you're thinking about what movie you wanted um Was there was there similar to listening to a true crime podcast? Was there a sense of apprehension about because that was the one thing that I was like was like ooh no No, well it depends it depends on your definition of crime I think that's exactly right Jillian how about how about for you and don't yeah was there like a little
1: I was so ready I didn't give it a second thought I've been I've been as Rudy said I've been waiting for this my whole life I'm I had no no question in my mind
2: that's exciting that's very exciting (laughs) I mean listen listen that's what we want on this pod we want that I mean
1: I am amped I'm so ready.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. No. So so we got to We just we got to we got to just jump in with these because we got this. Let's discuss. Let's get in. I mean, you want You want to just jump in? I'll jump in and I'll jump in. I'll jump in first because my I think with a true crime movie, um, you know, I like I said, definitely looking for a, a movie that that focuses in on something that happened, something that really happened. But also one of the things that I was looking for was what movie does this with style? What movie what movie makes this? Takes this from from a place where it's just me watching something uh, that actually happened, and, and and kind of have you know that feeling that you have when you like I whenever I watch something based on real life, especially a crime movie based on real life, I'm always like, oh my god, this actually happened, and I feel very again that's that apprehension that I'm talking about. Like it's like, ooh, what the hell? Uh, you know, I wanted <laughs> to watch something that that would give me some some joy, and this movie certainly did that. So I'll start. So uh, you know, this movie opens. On an animated opening credit sequence, animated almost like you're watching uh, Mad Men, uh, like very stylized, very like like the the you know these figures like, <gasps> yep, exactly. You I know it. Yep, yep. You know. Can I can I guess? N- or do you want to uh, keep
1: going? Go, give me. Go, go.
2: Uh, well, well, who, let me ask you this: Who does the score?
1: Uh, um, I shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who does it? Is it, is it? is it? Do you? Uh, well, g- give me your guess. Give me your guess. Go ahead.
1: Is it? Is it? It's not John Bryan, is it? No. Uh, no? Nope. Who the hell does it?
2: It's, it's a li You got the first name right. It's a, it's, and it's two, it's like, it's two names. One of whom. This, by the way, you are the fastest guess I think we've ever had. That, this might be the fastest guess. That's I could also quick. be
1: completely wrong.
2: No, is but. Is it John Williams? It is John Williams. It is, you know, Jurassic Park didn't actually happen, right? Yeah, I know that's not a real movie, <laughs> Alex. <Okay. laughs> Do you want me to keep going, and then we see? Then we yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, if... keep going. Keep All going. right. So, so the score is truly. I mean, it, it is John Williams' score, and I will say it is one of the most beautiful John Williams scores. Um, in fact, I think the score was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, mm-hmm. and it, I'll I'll sing a little bit of it. Is doo doo. Do 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 do.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Do-do-do. Okay, I was yep. right. I was yeah, right. Exactly. I was right. Yep,
2: yeah. yep. You know exactly what movie <laughs> it is, and uh, we we have this beautiful yeah. opening montage with this this animated uh, scene, and uh, you see this this gentleman. He be he's a, he's a he's an airplane pilot, and then he's running, and no, now he's a doctor, and then he's running, and no, now he's a lawyer, and then we open up, and it's a game show called To Tell the Truth. And we focus on our main character, Frank Abagnale Jr. (laughs) in Catch Me If You Can, directed by Steven Spielberg. Dear Dad, you always told me that an honest man has nothing to fear. So I'm trying my best not to be afraid.
0: I'm sorry I ran away, but you don't have to worry. I'm going to get it all back now, Daddy. I promise. I'm going to get it all back.
2: Uh, Y'all, so this movie... I got. Yeah, so I
0: figured this was. I I was I was thinking about this one, and I was like, you know what? Like ninety
2: percent chance Nick's gonna. Oh, absolutely. This, this absolutely. is such a
1: great pick. Oh man, this is so, great.
2: Yeah, it, it really is one of those movies where you watch it, and you're just. So so you know, Alex, you talked about this this idea of being you know of, of wanting to know why people do the things they do. That's so much of this true crime idea, and this movie kind of is perfect for that and i you know i was it really is this this character study of this kid and what and how he becomes a crook and how he stops like that's literally the film How how and why and why i think and why yeah and 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 you know i was i was reading up on it and apparently aside for you know aside from some like details like there's definitely you know uh stuff about his family uh that didn't play out in the exact way that it did um and there's one uh one thing where uh there's a there's an escape that he does through the toilet of a of an airplane and apparently he did not escape through the toilet he escaped through another hatch uh but but other than that he was like yeah it's pretty accurate like that's What that's- I've
0: heard is that it's actually the movie doesn't show you know nearly half of what yeah. actually happened of there's what a lot more that they just couldn't include
2: yeah and it's so so catch me if you can is this story of a uh, frank avenel jr young kid in new york who uh he you know good good kid his dad is like uh you know upper upper echelon of, the, of their local rotary club and but you slowly realize uh, that his dad, played by Christopher Walken, and what is an incredible performance, um, uh, is kind of a crook, is kind of a swindler, and, and you know, kind of swindles his way to status. Um, his mother and father get divorced, and that is like the big psychic wound for Frank, and that sends him running. Now I want you to go into the kitchen, sit at the table, and put a name down. You can take as long as you want, but when you come back into this room. I want to see a name on that line.
0: Frank, just write down a name. <laughs> this
2: will all be over. It's going to be okay. Dad, what name? Your mother or your father? Just put the name there. It's as simple as that. And don't look so scared. It's not a test. There's no wrong answer. And then, kind of as the perfect protege to his father, he ends up scamming his way around the country. He is forging checks. He ends up pretending to be this airplane pilot. Um, then pretends to be a, a doctor and then pretends to be a lawyer and, like, is able to get away with it. And all the while is being chased by uh, Tom Hanks as Carl Hanratty, who is based on Detective Joseph Shea, who did not want his name used in the film. Um, so it, it really it, it just kind of chronicles that. But I think the, the, the reasons I love this movie are, are myriad, but the things that come to mind immediately. Number one, Steven Spielberg uh, as the man who I think, you know, I, I have a theory that a lot of directors can only tell one story and or one theme and i, I really do stick by this and for spielberg I, I have always believed that the only story spielberg tells is a story of parents and children if you go through all of his movies that is the theme that is the story that comes back over and over uh, really about fathers and sons but definitely you know a, a more uh, zoomed out parents and children and this story is no less because the entire reason that Frank does what he does is to bring his family back together. It's really the story of this broken home and this kid trying to prove that his, or or, or will his mother and father to get back together um, with, you know, making them proud with how much he's accomplishing in the world, you know, and the the, the most powerful scene of that, I think is a, you know god all the again i say christopher walken has some amazing amazing roles but i was struck last night watching this uh or amazing amazing scenes i was struck last night watching this when uh it's the scene when he first takes his son out to out to dinner or he's this or frank takes uh christopher walken out to dinner
1: my son bought me a cadillac today i think that calls for a toast For the best damn pilot in the sky. It's not what you think. I'm just a co pilot. You see these people staring at you? These are the most powerful people in New York City. And they keep peeking over their
2: shoulders, wondering where you're going tonight. Where you going, Frank? I had nobody staring at me. Someplace exotic. Tell me where you're going. Like and just like the pride that he's feels for his son, even though he's fully aware that his son is like doing massive, like capital crimes. You know what I mean? Like it, like just terrible. You know. Um. But Christopher Walken is. I mean, he just the the pride in his eyes and the tears in his eyes later in the film. Also, I'm gonna say, uh, Leo. I think this is possibly one of my favorite Leo performances. I don't know what you two think about that.
1: Yeah, me too. I, lo- I love
2: yeah. him in this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite. Well, I I think,
0: yeah, Leo's got his two phases right. There's young Leo, which is like the energetic, rambunctious, you know, sexy young Leo. And then there's like mature Leo, older Leo, who's a lot more serious and all that. And I think this film falls in that nice in-between place where he's playing a youthful character, but there's actually some wisdom behind his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a, you buy him, one of his you, buy him you buy him
2: as the 16 year old, you uh, buy him as the 23 year old, you know, and and it works, I think, and I think, you know, it really just comes down to, um, again, so many elements, but I just think that, that the theme of this movie was so clear. And I think, and, I, and that's my, you know, I'm interested to see when we get to your choices, how, how your movies approach this, because, you know I, when you have a story that's this that's true to life right what is your responsibility to to authentically replicate it do you know well, what I mean? what's nice about abigail's story is that
0: there's not a need to inflate it right to make it interesting there's right. not a need to make stuff up surrounding it there's not a need to embellish relationships drama or anything because like the stuff he did in reality was so out there and crazy and and i think that because he never killed anybody <laughs> You know, he never like he did really, really illegal stuff. Uh, that seems crazy and and is dangerous. Like, don't impersonate a doctor; that's dangerous. Yeah, please don't, don't fly do an that. Airplane. that's dangerous. Please like, don't do that. Um, he did pass the bar, things. though. He, so did, like, he, the bar. he did pass the bar. He did pass the bar. Like, <laughs> like he's doing these things that are are illegal, but also not terrible. Uh, and it takes it takes a very unique person to pull it off. Um, you know, even one of the things it takes a very special person to pull it off. So it's it's um yeah yeah
2: jillian jillian let me ask you this did you see did you see the musical catch me if you can
1: i didn't but i i love norbert leo butts so much um so i i missed it in real time but i i have listened to it and i I was gonna i was gonna say you you might be the only pick uh movie whose movie actually turned into a musical i don't i can't say that for mine alex i don't know about you
2: I would doubt it (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and say that that's probably true but you know it's so interesting because I I watched I actually you know this is this is a terrible bad Broadway actor of me uh, but I watched a bootleg of it uh, (gasps) this morning I did I did I did I did because I just you know I wanted to see. I was like, how does how the hell do you, you wanted do- to steal a copy about a movie? Of Talk people, about a, of a true about crime. About stealing, it's such a true crime, guys. And I just, just admitted to in the it. Mood. Fuck. Layers oh my god. On layers on layers. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't film it and I didn't post it. I just watched it. You know, whatever. <laughs> you <laughs> hey, wait. Look. You watched whatever. a version that someone filmed. <laughs> yeah, I watched the version that someone filmed from like the from the Mez. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so I don't bad. Know how there. they get away with it? What honestly. The hell?
1: That's a whole other conversation because I know from you, from like my friends on stage, that it's so, you can see them, but like, how are there so many bootlegs of full musicals up there? I don't know how they get away with it.
2: People are sneaky. People are really sneaky and they get away with it. I forgot you were talking about the musical. I'm like, you
0: downloaded the movie? That someone recorded what was in the theaters?
2: No, like, god what? damn it. No. Okay, <laughs> Just this watch. makes a lot more sense now. Watching, watching a bootleg of the movie. about I've either had stealing. too
0: much coffee or
2: not enough coffee. I don't know. Either way. Either way, dude. It's great. No, but I was watching this, and it was interesting. I mean, because I, I, like you said, I love, so uh, Alex, if you don't know Norbert Leo Butts, uh, who you should know. I mean, did you watch Bloodline
1: on <gasps> Netflix? Oh, Bloodline, Bloodline is like, so I he love plays, so much. Kevin. He plays
2: Kevin, the, bro- uh, the brother who works on the dock.
1: He's phenomenal. Okay, yeah, he's and fantastic.
2: He, he plays in the musical. He's Carl Hanratty. He's Tom Hanks, and um, and he and he kills it. I mean, he kills it. And but it, it was interesting though because, you know, I was watching you know watching the movie and then watching the musical. It was just the kind of thing. Again, I, I I'm not knocking anybody who who worked on that show. I'm not knocking all. I lo- actually loved the performances. I think the music was great, but the thing that I just realized just in the translation, I was like the movie the movie is subtle and like it is a comedy it is a straight comedy so there's no denying it's it's comedic chops the movie is funny as hell but i think why i buy it as a true crime movie is because it really is is uh, it allows itself to find like a groundedness and a and a um i don't know just just a even even with you know spielberg who is possibly one of the most stylized directors of our time like how many more you know people is he going to backlight? Do you know what I mean with like with like yeah. a tinge of glow around their hair, like and that like I mean,
1: swelling music, like Spielberg. We get it. We're supposed to be emotional right now. We get we it. Get,
2: we get it, man. You love emotion, and that's great. But it was just watching this musical. I was like, I just lost that. And again, the musical is its own beast. But I just, I just, I I sat there thinking like, how just how would you capture that nuance on stage? And I think it's possible. I just think it. I think it would have to be a different production. But that said really cool that they did it but yeah that that you know catch me if you can um love that movie and 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 if you have not seen it please check it out it's a joyous film joyous film it's so, a
0: joyous film you know joy. yeah
2: yeah i like that because it's also a
0: time period too The i mean the the it's like 50s 60s right yeah that's exactly right like around in there where yeah. this time where everything was so superficial that there's really there are really good stories from every direction where like the the reality that everyone thinks they're living in you know there's there's stuff going on underneath and i think it's it's a positive entertaining take on that as opposed to like the serial killers from that time yep who, there was really dark terrible stuff going on that like they were trying to polish over in culture yeah it's um, just like
1: aesthetically beautiful i love yeah. that whole era that whole just the 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 look of it all, Um, like the Mad Men look, so it's just so Uh like just how they they do all the costumes and the, the uh, the set design it's, and just it's, it's aesthetically so like, Oh, and you Without get that right from the insincere credits. Insincere
0: cartoony. hundred yeah.
1: percent. It's like mad. Like I I'm obsessed with Janie Bryant, who's oh the, God. who's the costume director from Mad Men and Deadwood and like a hundred other things. Yeah. But she does that same thing. Like she is very, she's a genius, but she also does like all the research. So it never feel, it just feels right. perfectly authentic and familiar. I didn't grow up in the sixties, but it feels like, Oh right. She's that's exactly right. It, it's you know?
0: amazing. The attention to detail in Mad Men. Oh, it's oh, uh, it, it, like, Stuff that's like normal stuff, right? Yeah. Just like how do
2: you how do you turn the clock back in every single way from
1: the carpet to the
2: costumes
0: to the phones to like yeah it's... yeah.
2: But that's but that's what you but that that is the kind of stuff you know that you need when you're gonna. I think when you're gonna do one of these movies because even if you're not trying to represent it exactly how it was, you need to have a yeah. feel of authenticity to your movie or to, or right. an authentic at least authenticity to the world you're trying to create. And I think that that is definitely well. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: So my movie also took place in the fifties. Ooh. Unfortunately. You will have to tune in next week to find out what that decision is because we are out of time. Nick has a plane to catch to JFK. Jillian Pensavalli will join us again to tell us what her choice is. I will tell you what my choice is. Everybody will be happy and the world will be a peaceful place next week on Little Justice. Little Justice Little Justice Little Justice